Hey out there to all people, and irresponsible archaeologists. This is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is the guy that loves to smash through walls, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? Aw, oh, dude, I'm doing so good. I just Kool-Aid man the hell out of all those fucking walls. <sighs> it's fun. So much fun. But forget you, because <laughs> joining us today is the guy who's definitely been on the show enough times to get his own intro, Troy. How are you doing, Troy? I am here in the morning. Oh, it's so early. Sorry. You know what, That's Troy? all we ask. Hey, we got daylight savings time. Just be thankful it wasn't 6 o'clock. It's been rough the past couple weeks. Oh, if, if it was 6 o'clock, I would have stayed up all night. Oh my gosh. Ooh, that would have been rough. I'm just chilling over here at night. I get to go to bed after this. It's a good feeling. I might be going to bed after this, too. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I might, too. Shoot. At that point, it'll be a nap, though, because it'll be all bright outside. you got to get a weighted blanket, and you got to get a sleep mask. <laughs> I've never used either of those. Are we oh, talking God. CPAPs here, I'm sleeping Troy? like such a peasant. No, I can actually breathe when I sleep. Oh. And that's the only part of me that works. <laughs> one time, I actually got fitted for a CPAP machine, and then when I was trying to wear it one night, the hose unhooked, and that was suffocating me. And then I never wore it again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. That, that seems to be the, like, counterintuitive. That's the opposite of what should happen. Yeah, good yeah. lord. Yeah, I was, I was, I woke up all super sweaty because I was, like, dying. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not using this anymore. Hey, how did Cortland die? Oh, he was trying to breathe at night. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> the fool. <laughs> That'll teach you. Oh my god, you guys, so speaking about nighttime and sleeping and stuff, um, I had a dream last night. So you know how, like, when you dream and you kind of only remember just a tiny piece of that dream, and then you wake mm. up? My alarm went off this morning at uh, 6.45 as I was dreaming about getting a hug from, of all people, R.L. Stein. How ridiculous <laughs> is that? Right? That sounds like such a wonderful dream. I know. I, I mean, need to wake up. It is a dream for most people, I hope, so... I, I got to dream the dream. Did he have any charisma when he hugged you, or was it was like you want to know what Portland. it was? Was it the real R.L. Stein? <laughs> I it was. I don't remember if it was the real R.L. Stein, but it was R.L. Stein in my dream version. So I was he was shoveling the driveway because it was snowy, <laughs> and um, I told him R.L. Stein, stop! I got this. So I started shoveling his driveway, and then he hugged. He like came in for a hug, and he hugged me, and then he picked me up and he put me on a bus so that I could leave. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, damn, you shovel his driveway and he, he's like, a hug is good payment. Get out of here. I mean, wouldn't I would shovel his driveway for a hug? I mean, I would love that, but also, like, come on, RL. And then he just scooped me up and whisked me onto a bus. <laughs> I was I was betrayed, yeah. I write the goosebumps books. Well, get the fuck out. <laughs> it was great. It was great. But enough about me. Fucking Troy. We haven't had you on since, uh, what it's was it? Phantom of the Auditorium. Last season. Yeah, it was yeah. last season, but it feels like that was five years ago. Dude, this season has, I, I think about this <laughs> so all the time. Long. This season has been forever. <laughs> I, I do consider myself the Sardo of your podcast. I do too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm just going to come in one episode, take over, and then you want to think about me for another whole season. Yeah, you can come in and be like, I'm back, bitches! And then... <laughs> Better than ever! <laughs> yeah. But it's been a little while. That was 
quite some time ago. Like, what you been up to? Oh, nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You know what? The, I <laughs> want to say, though. Pumps, I guess. I will say, Troy, you've been back on the Are You Afraid of the Dark Wagon. I just, I woke up, I checked Instagram for a second to try and wake myself up a little bit, and I seen that you did um, the drawings for Tale of the Secret Admirer. Yes. I've just completed, I haven't posted yet, the um, Tale of Bigfoot Ridge. Nice. And it is my greatest piece yet. (laughs) I love your artwork, dude. I love it. I love, you even put the little Maggie heart in there, and I was like, Maggie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'll wait till you see Bigfoot Ridge. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, Maggie is not a name. (laughs) So I actually work with a girl named Megan, and yet... Just this week, I was like, hey, Megan, can I call you Maggie? And she was like, sure. And I was like, yes. <laughs> you broke her down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I did was I, uh, I I worked hard to get her friendship, and finally I sprung it on her, and she agreed to it. So so last time I was on, we, we did um, Phantom Auditorium. Mm-hmm. And I had said that I in my my research... I found out about the musical. Yeah. Right. Since since then, they did like a product a professional recording of the musical and released it. I haven't seen it or oh, wow. listened to it yet, but everybody seems to really love it. Have you seen it, Troy? Um, it's just audio. Have they you recorded to it? they record they released a um, like the official site and on YouTube. You can listen to the whole thing for free. Oh. Um I'm not sure what the point of it is. Like, I mean, I mean, like, it's Good too entertaining. You know I mean? like, <laughs> like, most productions don't just, like, record a professional soundtrack and then be like, it's on YouTube, listen to it if you want to. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's to generate buzz and maybe so that happens? middle schools can do it or something. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be like an off-Broadway kind of thing. I mean, it's, it is off Broadway. <laughs> I, I did recognize some of the actors, actually. Like it is a, it's a, it's a nice recording of the show. I'm gonna have to check it out. I'll link um, the I'll YouTube link in that. the description. And okay, do you want a, a slight spoiler for it? Yes. Okay, so early on, they mentioned one of the kids has to go see Principal Stein, <gasps> and I'm like, oh, that's nice. They they changed the principal's name to Stein, and then they they talk to Principal Stein. He's got about six or seven lines in the show, and it is your boy R.L. Stein. Oh, it's my wow. boy. That's awesome. Does he sing? That I hope he sings. So cool. Speak sings like two lines. Yes. Okay. Well, now I He's have to like, listen to There's it. something in the dark. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "What's up, everybody? It's your boy." <laughs> if anybody likes musical theater <laughs> do check out the uh the episode on youtube yeah i have to now I, oh yeah it, it was cute it was you know they do a whole song like the the main girl's name is brooke and she babbles when she talks to the cute boy so they have a song babbling brooke okay yeah, yeah i'll take a listen to that all right well now we should talk about the episode we have to at some point. Okay. This week we are talking about Don't Wake Mummy. Don't an all-time classic. Mummy. Troy, I'll ask you first. What did you think of this episode? I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah? What did you enjoy about it? I was kind of hoping so. Um, every part of it. Um, <laughs> the whole package. Okay, so 
I was really into Egyptology when I was a kid. <laughs> Knew it. So that was why I was like, yes, there's a mummy episode. That's awesome. I'm so down for it. Um, plus, I love A.J. Cook. I mean, spoilers. I guess we'll get into the actors later. Yeah. But A.J. Cook is awesome from Criminal Minds. <laughs> uh, you know what? She's awesome here. A.J. Cook, she plays Kim. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Interestingly enough, I, I watched the episode and I was like, I don't recognize any of these actors because I've never seen Criminal Minds before, but like, she felt like somebody that was famous to me. I mean, yeah, she did like 300 She's episodes of a popular show. I thought it was the girl that played Alex Mack for a second, and then I was like, no, that's oh, not I, her. Yes. She, like, I knew it wasn't her, but I, she <laughs> has that same quality. She's got that Alex Mack <laughs> face or something i don't know have you seen final destination 2 um actually that's the only one i haven't seen (laughs) that's the best one i know i'm terrible (laughs) that is the on the the list of are you a good person or a bad person it's (laughs) have you seen final destination 2 that's the decider i've seen most of the scenes from it but i've never actually watched the movie what what did you guys think i'm gonna guess that Brandon liked it more than Cortland. Um, I gotta say, okay, I'm just gonna talk. I thought I wasn't gonna like it at first. Um, I thought that the main character just kind of kept gasping at everything a lot. Uh, like everything. Yeah, that's true. Most of the episode is just him sharply inhaling. Um, (laughs) all the time. He does it like seven times. But, uh, after probably like the halfway point, I was like, damn, this episode's fucking good. Yeah. Uh, it's... The mummy is just really good in this episode yeah i think uh comparing the two mummy episodes so far this one's definitely more fun even though it's like less egypty which Mm -hmm. is what i like and uh you know what i'm looking for in in mummy stories but uh yeah that story sucked and this one is fun i can't help compare these episodes to like are you afraid of the dark and you don't like to the, the like the curious camera and clock of doom. There are certain episodes that like feel like they should be compared. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you compare this one to the one mummy episode in Are You Afraid of the Dark, this one's so much better. <laughs> Usually, I give it to Are You Afraid of the Dark. I like Tale of Guardians Curse a lot because you know Bobby Budnick's in it and everything. But the mummy is just—it's so good in this episode. Like the makeup for it is amazing, and it walks around and does stuff a mm-hmm. little bit, which is. Something we haven't really seen in a mummy yet. A bit. Guardian's <laughs> Curse is a decent Are of the Dark episode, but not a good mummy episode. Hell no. The mummy like does nothing in that except get banged by dad at the end. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, dad did get a mummy girlfriend at the end. But there's there wasn't seen that mummy. sequel, that would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> did you like it too, Brandon? Yeah. That's good stuff. And I found I find it interesting. So most episodes of Goosebumps are completely original stories by R.L. Stein, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I find that there's just like a couple that are based on like real lore or real history. Like all of the lore and Egyptology, you know, mythology in this is pretty much real and accurate. I I wondered if it was because they talk about it with the mummy. And I was like, is this real or is this bullshit? So I had to refresh myself because it's like in middle school, I was reading Egypt books like all the time. But pretty much we'll get into a little bit, but pretty much everything felt like like it fit. The only other story I can kind of think of 
that Goosebumps has done that's been like real story was um, uh, Tower of Terror, which is based on a, a real story. Is it? I thought that was bullshit too. Okay. See, this is why we got you real, on the show, Troy. <laughs> real quick side quick track. Um, Tower of Terror. Yeah. In the like 13 or 1400s, there were two princes, not a brother sister, but two no, brothers see, who Stein were making um, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But we knew it. Called it. Gender bending royalty. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, uh, there were two princes that were locked in the tower by an uncle who sees the um, throne. And they vanished. And now so they're playing Nintendo thing. 64. Wow. So, yeah, the time travel may or may not have happened, but I'd like to think so. But, you know, that, that episode really was, like, steeped in um, English royalty lore and history. Interesting. Um, sort of, this one's Egyptology. So I, I'm curious, you know, moving forward with the series, if there'll be another episode or two that's actually, like, based on something specific or not. Yeah. I mean, uh... Maybe R.L. Stein just doesn't want to be accused of, like, butchering other cultures' histories. So when it's, like, not set in America, he's like, all right, I actually have to read up on some stuff. All right, we should talk about the episode, because there's a lot to go over. Although, as Cortland said, it's mostly gasping and uh, being scared of things. Mm -hmm. So let's start from the top. Dum, 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 dum. The episode starts with a beautiful panning shot of dinosaur toys standing on a shelf. Nice. This is how every episode should start. Oh, that would be great. I don't think there's a dinosaur story in Goosebumps at all. That's a shame. I could be wrong because there's a thousand of them that I haven't read, but you'd think he'd have some kind of uh, dinosaurs come back to life or get transported back into dinosaur times and whatever. I don't know. I haven't seen the cover, at least. It's weird that this kid is into dinosaurs. I would think that he would think they're scary. He's scared of everything, and his dad is into is an archaeologist, so I guess they're trying to say like, well, he's into history too, but like, but he's not doesn't know about Egyptology. Yeah, but what kid wasn't into dinosaurs in nineteen ninety six? When did Jurassic Park come out? Ninety two. I think it was ninety four, wasn't it? I thought it was ninety three. It might be ninety three. What the difference? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Early nineties. A voiceover from a boy tells us that his sister Kim is one of those kids that just ain't scared of anything, and it makes him sick. But he warns that someday, something is going to make her change her mind. That one of the most useless opening narrations ever. <laughs> a bit, yeah. Especially considering she comes in and we can see, but... Hey guys, you're about to watch an episode of Goosebumps. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> The camera finishes scrolling past the dinosaurs, and we see the boy, named Jeff. He's wearing his best 90s flannel and building yet another dinosaur model to add to the collection. An obviously fake spider drops into the frame, hanging by a fishing line or something, and he sees it and screams. He's swatting at it for way too long before he falls back onto his bed and thrashes around like a madman. That's what happens every time you see a spider too, Brandon. Don't talk shit. Believes the spider is like flying through the yes. air. <laughs> he doesn't just like see it and get startled like you know anyone would do, but he's like, "Ah, oh, this is a real spider. This is real." For like so long, <laughs> that just would not happen. So, uh, does this kid look like anyone to you guys? He looked familiar to me, and yeah. he's not because I looked him up, and 
you know, spoilers, he's not in anything. But oh. he definitely looks like someone. If he had a green hat, he would be Kyle Broflovsky. <laughs> <laughs> I can he's see that. Like, I can see it. He's got like the, yeah. the red fro. <laughs> he does have a bit <laughs> of an afro, yeah. Totally live action Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We then see two girls who are way too old for this kind of thing, laughing, crouched in the closet. Jeff stands up on the bed and tells Kim and her friend, Shauna, to get the hell out and take their spider with them. Kim teases him with the spider some more before the doorbell rings and she runs down to get the door. Downstairs, Mom is arguing with a delivery driver who just wants to do his job and go home. He asks her where she wants her creepy-ass giant crate, and she tells him, It's not creepy, it's just a mummy. Mm, nah, it's kind of creepy. Why delivery driver so sassy? <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I he was thing. like, he was playing it up so much that I was like, alright, this guy's gonna be like part of this episode. He's gonna come back and be like, oh, I've gotta help you fight the mummy somehow. I don't know how they would make that work, because he's a delivery driver. Um, but, I don't know. <laughs> He just leaned into this very tiny role. I'm here for that. I guess it sees, sees the moment, I guess, if you're an actor. He but. was like, this is my big break in life, okay? Once I I'm show gonna, everybody I can do this, I'll be in I'm going to check role. very quickly because I'm not going to look him up later. And uh, he doesn't have an IMDb picture, so that's not a great sign. <laughs> <laughs> he was in an episode of Forever Night and two other things. So this did not open the doors of Hollywood to him, but... He went for it. It should he's have. not bad. It's just he's strangely written. <laughs> yeah. Kim thinks that this shit is awesome and runs up to hug the mummy crate. Mom says that this came from dad who sent it from Egypt, but there must be some mistake because it should be in the museum. That makes sense. Yeah. You don't just deliver mummies to people. I feel like that's illegal. Probably. I mean, bringing human remains... Like, no matter how old they are, seems like a problem. You probably have issues transporting corpses over state lines, let alone internationally. <laughs> you just mm -hmm. you yeah. throw some stamps on a corpse and <laughs> send that baby home. The driver doesn't care what happens to the mummy, though. He just wants to be done with it. Yeah, he doesn't want to get arrested. So mom signs for it and tells the driver to take it around back. The driver calls out to somebody off screen and says, She wants it around the back. And a voice from off screen says, Voice says, right. yeah, she does. And that's the end of the scene. I don't, why is that there? Humor? I don't know. It's, it's, it's not funny. Later on in the basement, Mom is checking out all her new mummy swag. And <laughs> Jeff asks if they really got to have all this spooky stuff around. And she says she isn't thrilled about it at all either. We see the older girls checking out the casket. And Shauna says, it doesn't look much like an esophagus because she's stupid. After Kim corrects her, she says, aren't they supposed to be all gold and covered with faces painted on them and stuff? Yeah, and then she's like, no, this is a Goosebumps episode. Yeah. Mom sticks up <laughs> for the prop department. <laughs> saying, no, no, no. Not all of them do. <laughs> Only the ones part. with budgets. <laughs> Did you see Vampire Breath? Like... <laughs> <laughs> We're lucky this one has paint on it at all. Jeff says, It's still a coffin with a dead body inside. And the camera stays on him for a long time. But then, a bandaged, suspiciously mummy-like hand reaches up behind his shoulder 
and grabs it, making him scream again. We cut to commercial break, and when we come back, of course it's one of the classic Goosebumps fakeouts, Kim jumps up laughing, wearing her classic gag mummy hand. That she has. They don't cheat it. Like, you can sort of see her crouching a little bit when they do it. Yeah, I actually like, went like, back they, and looked. They filmed it legitimately so that it's it works. Because at first I was like, hey, that looks like, you know, a right or a left hand when it grabs it. But then it's her right hand. They, they're they trying to trick me. But no, no, that's that's her mummy hand. Good job, director William Fruitt. Love He's it. bro. Mom is quite sick of this pranking business and tells them to cut it out. Then she continues about the mummy, saying she can't call Dad in Egypt because it's too late, and the museum is closed for the weekend, so they just gotta hang with this mummy until Monday. What is going on with Mom? She's pretty prevalent in this episode. She kinda is, yeah. I mean, there's only like four characters, and she's one-fourth of them. (laughs) But like, okay, so they do a whole thing where she was just looking at the um, canopic jar, Mm -hmm. and she's like... Well, I don't know. It appears like it could be maybe something called a canopic jar. (laughs) Like, she doesn't really know. But then it turns out that she is, spoiler, she's like an Egyptology professor or something. Yeah, she's just like... definitely involved. She just translates hieroglyphics like it's nothing. But she acts like she she can't reach anyone at the museum over the weekend. She's, she's like a professor at the museum. She doesn't have anybody's work, her home numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody works over the weekend at this museum. No, it's their busiest time, but they don't, they're not open. They're, they're trying to sell the whole idea that they like have to have it over the weekend. And it almost works. Well, the episode wouldn't exist if it didn't. So, Yeah, this would be a quick right. episode. I'm glad that she's not very good at her job. <laughs> the uh, Canopic Jar is a pretty cool prop. Yeah, it is. They, um, they just have the one of them. Right. In real life, there were four, and each one had, like, a different intestine or organ in it. But they really, like, sell this. It, it looks legitimate. Canopic jar is a real thing. That's all, like, you know, real real lore and how they mummified everyone, so. Yeah. Harlstein spent that time at the library. Right. <laughs> Jeff is freaked out about this whole mummy situation, but Kim is stoked, inviting Shauna to stay the night to be in the same house as a mummy, I guess. Classic. Mom reads the hieroglyphics on the sarcophagus, saying the mummy's name is Amen Lukax, and he was a pharaoh 4,000 years ago. The older people all go upstairs, leaving Jeff alone in the basement. He looks around for a bit before someone turns off the lights, and he gasps loudly and runs up. When he does, the camera stays on a canopic jar with an animal head, which turns towards the stairs. That doesn't happen again in this episode, does it? Like that jar having its own life? Not that I can think of, no. No, that's that's like a um, child's play, little like, oh, the doll's alive or something. Yeah. But it's not. Then we cut to Jeff picking at his dinner in disgust, because it's a single slice of pizza... That is 95% olives. I feel this scene. I would hate that pizza too. <laughs> Not even like olive slices. Like full fucking olives. <laughs> this is like Just slapped on top of a very thin crust pizza. <laughs> you couldn't even pick that up. They would just roll off. <laughs> 
if you ordered pizza and was like, I need it covered with olives, you wouldn't get that many olives. <laughs> no. Uh, I just want to put it on record. If I were served this slice of pizza, I would be so pissed. I would be mad. Like, I guess at least they're easy to pick off, but then, like, all the cheese is gone, too, and it's just... Yeah. <sighs> I don't know if I can Even for people anymore. who like olives, I can't imagine anyone would be happy with this pizza. My favorite part about this scene is that the they brought the canopic jar up yes. there. Yes, that's the, the best part. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mom is heading out now, leaving Kim in charge. Kim asks if they can watch a movie, but Mom and Jeff say, Nothing scary! And then we see that these people just have the Egyptian canopic jar just sitting on their dining room table. Why? Why would they bring it up? I don't get it. I don't know. Why eat with it? They know that human remains are inside. <laughs> they, and they're they're they like they're it. like they're, we don't know exactly which human remains. But it's still more appealing than this olive pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it makes the perfect centerpiece. <laughs> they're treating it like it's like a guest for dinner. <laughs> After Mom's gone, Shauna says, What do you think's in this jar? Gold, maybe? Oh, Shauna. Sweet, simple Shauna. <laughs> <laughs> Kim casually says, I don't know, his guts, maybe? She then grabs a knife and mimes out the act of removing organs like a psycho. Mm -hmm. Shauna is like, You're making me sick. And Jeff tells her, You're really warped, you know that? As he leaves the table. Once Jeff is gone, she says, works every time, and helps herself to Jeff's pile of olives. <laughs> so, you know, she did want to eat that, okay? Yeah. Mad about them olives. <laughs> is she even done with her olives yet? <laughs> I doubt More it. More olives. <laughs> More olives. Gross. They know what canopic jars are. They only had one function, the canopic jars where they put, like, the stomach, the lungs, the intestines, and liver. Yeah. And so they're like, well, I don't know, maybe it's one of these. <laughs> well, Shauna doesn't know anything about canopic jars, which is surprising because, like, I don't know how you be friends with Kim without hearing all sorts of shit about Egypt all the time because it seems to be, like, the only thing she cares about. That and fucking with Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which Shauna also doesn't care for, so I don't know how this friendship works. Look, I'm Kim, and I care about two things. <laughs> Egyptology, because my dad and mom are professors, and fucking with my bro. Are you in this friendship or not? <laughs> She's got a secret third, it's olives. Nothing olives. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> We don't hear Shauna's opinion of olives, so maybe she loves <laughs> olives too, and that's like the only thing holding this friendship together. That's the only thing that holds me and Brandon's friendship together. <laughs> Shauna's going, God, I hate this bitch, but she's got those olives. <laughs> <laughs> A salty goodness. I hate olives. <laughs> They're the worst. We hard cut to a full moon, and we hear groaning and moaning. It's an old black and white mummy movie. Jeff, who has nothing better to do, I guess, is watching it with his sister and her friend, and is curled up in the fetal position, ready to piss himself. But, like, you don't have to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. You, can you do live in a whole house. You can else. go upstairs. <laughs> 
Kim notices that Jeff is scared, and she points at him and laughs. In the movie, one of the characters says, We need that mummy dust. Jeff asks what mummy dust is supposed to do. Shauna, who didn't even know what a sarcophagus was, matter-of-factly tells him, It's the ground-up bones of other mummies. In the movie, the character is being attacked by the mummy, but he can't get the mummy dust jar open in time. Jeff turns the movie off before he's too scared. Kim is like, what the hell? But Jeff tells her, whatever, you've seen it a million times. A couple things there. One, this movie is shit. (laughs) Yes. And this is Kim's favorite movie. better than Return of the Mummy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It would have been awesome if that's what they were watching. Hey, is that Um, Tucker? Yeah, right. It's Tucker (laughs) 3.2. Did, did you notice what the uh, main character's name is in the movie? Was it Tucker? Uh, um, no, I don't. It's, it's Sir Howard. And the family in this are the Carters. Oh. Howard Carter was the um, archaeologist who discovered King Tut's tomb. Oh, that's cute. I like that. Damn, yeah. bro. Layers. Right. He, he was digging deep there. <laughs> For all the adults that have to watch this episode with their kids. I wonder how much thought they actually put into this. Because... This episode is based on a short story from a collection of short stories in Goosebumps books. And it was probably like seven pages. And they had to add all this shit to make it into a full episode. And maybe it was whoever wrote the script. Yeah. You know, sometimes your boy R.L. Stein <laughs> isn't responsible for what we're seeing because whoever got like, hey, write, turn this story into a, you know, a 20 minute episode yeah this one is written by rick drew maybe maybe he did a lot of research at the library so kim doesn't care about the movie being turned off because she has a real mummy in the basement she grabs shauna who is reluctant about the whole thing and they both go downstairs with jeff following behind them going no what if there's a curse good point kim ignores that shit and get Shauna to help her move the very heavy wooden lid. They break a seal, opening it, and then Kim removes a cloth covering the mummy's face. She says, it doesn't look so scary, as we see a totally scary-looking corpse with its <laughs> eyes open. It does, like, the mummy in this episode is so good-looking. They did a great job. That's a nice effect. It is, the, the, it is very good. Yeah. I mean, it's no sponge. but what is it's the second best thing you know hey there everybody Cortland here your good buddy and your olive loving sister thank you so much for joining us today whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything we got we are just so thankful for you spending some time with us Look us up on Patreon to help support the show. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get instant access to early release episodes the moment I'm finished editing. We've got more tiers with more stuff in them like t-shirts, stickers, bonus content, and more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, Bronze Beth, Eddie, Tristan, Venice Witch, Sarah, and Redemption, The Silver Goth, Shane, Stephen, Matt, Geraldine, Aaron, and Brittany, The Golden Day Days, Angela, Faith, Sarah, and Matt, and The Platinum Bostics, Brian, Bryce, Farron, and Kathy. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. 
Give us a follow on social media. It's at PRVT Island on Twitter and at Private Island Presents on Instagram. We post content for every single episode like handmade gifts, memes, videos, and more. We go live every Wednesday night on Instagram to watch full-length episodes of the shows that we cover. So come check it out and say hello. You can hang out with me live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash privateislandc where I'm playing some Dead by Daylight. So stop in and say hi. We need your questions. Our Ask Us Anything is coming up in just a few short weeks, so please send us your questions. You can reach us on social media or email your questions to us directly. That's privateislandpresents at gmail.com. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. all night listeners of Kevin here and, and I want to tell you about my brand spanking new podcast well I, well, I figured since everyone uh, has one now thanks to Mark Marin well I, I should get a little skin in the game too so my podcast well it's called a lonely gay boy and his co-host discuss horror movies and not the good ones well it should be available just about everywhere I mean I mean, probably not North Korea, but uh, everywhere else, so sure. Tell them what the show's about. Well, right. Well, that's my co-host. Indeed I am. We met on the dark web. Indeed we did. When he said, he said I have to obscure his voice, well, because he has enemies who think he's dead. <laughs> Those rubes, I fooled them all. Now who's laughing, Gerald? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I like bad art. So each week, the two of us, we go over a different bad movie. Well, we spice it up, uh, switching subgenres and jumping around from the 1950s to the 2010s. Sometimes we sing. We like to have a good time. We do. We do. Well, that's why we're inviting you to come along and enjoy some bad movies with us. That's A Lonely Gay Boy and his co-host discuss horror movies and not the good ones. Well, how do you think that went? Honestly, it felt a little forced. What do you think? Should we, should we try another take? Hell no. I have Pilates in ten. Plus, Brandon and Cortland will be happy with whatever you send them. Yeah, I did shamelessly rip off their format for our show. Devin, do you know you're still recording? Oh shit, not, not again. Thanks again for listening in, everybody. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode, and I will talk to you soon. Bye! Jeff is somehow cool with this mummy thing now, and he gets right up to the thing and says, Imagine, 4,000 years ago, this guy was walking around, hanging out at the pyramids with his friends. Do you think that's really what he was doing? Yeah. They were just was chilling, Max and relaxing. Picturing cool. him like like a 1950s greaser. Or <laughs> yeah. In reality, he's probably sitting there with the slaves whipping them. Yeah. <laughs>
At the mummy's feet, we see the corpse of a cat, wrapped up like a mummy too. Jeff comments about this, but then notices that he's in the basement alone, and he freaks out, and probably gasps. The lights go off, and he runs up the stairs, but the door is locked too. Oh shit. I'd be really pissed if somebody did this to me, I'm just not gonna lie. Yeah, fuck this. You know what? I like Kim because the actress does a really good job, but, like, man, she fucking sucks as a sister. I mean, if you were to ask most kids, like, what's the worst thing your your big sister or big brother's done to you? It It's probably ten times worse than locking you in the basement. Locking you in the basement with a... With a literal dead body, though. Come on. <laughs> like, she doesn't know that it's going to come alive, but... Yeah, put that on camera. She doesn't know that it's not. <laughs> she saw a cute dead cat and booked it out of there. <laughs> Jeff yells that he's going to tell Mom that she messed with the mummy. But Kim says, you're the one in the basement. I'll just tell her you did it. Who's she going to believe? <laughs> Which is so fucking ridiculous. The boy afraid of his own shadow... Or the girl obsessed with death and mummies. Like, I don't know. Which I'm one was with it? her brother. Hmm. It's dumb. With the door locked, he decides to go back downstairs to, I don't know, take his chances with the mummy, I guess. He slowly approaches the thing, and then all of a sudden, the dude just sits up, moaning and spitting out dust. Really good. I like it. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of buildup to the mummy coming alive. Like, he just does love that he has breath yeah even though like his lungs should be in a jar <laughs> but, but that's fine don't he's ignore that out. fact mummy dust whatever <laughs> i mean he's like back from the dead so all bets are off visually it's very nice yeah i like it i like it in hocus pocus when he uh the zombie gets his uh bones or yeah i think that's his name he gets Sounds the stitches right. on his mouth cut, and he's like spits out dust and moths. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys excited for Hocus Pocus too? Oh Lord! Yes, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> That's all I'll say about it. Jeff doesn't scream somehow, and he goes over to the cellar's back door, which he has trouble opening. But then he takes another look at the mummy, and he just fucking wills that door open. Upstairs, the two girls are discussing how long to torture the child for when Jeff comes in through the back door, screaming that the mummy is alive. They laugh at him, of course, but they go downstairs to check anyway. Shauna notices that the mummy's hands have changed positions. Kim calls her crazy, and they cover the mummy with the sarcophagus lid, but not before he opens one eye and has a little peek around. <laughs> Just checking out her surroundings. Has Kim ever been in her basement before? <laughs> she she locks her brother in there and like is like keeping the door shut, but there's just another door. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Forgot about that one. Later that night, Jeff is under his covers, getting scared by every little sound. A silhouette of somebody walking into his room like a zombie moves past and grabs his sheet. It's just mom and he attacks her mercilessly with a pillow before he realizes it's her. He says, I thought you were the mummy. And she says, No, I'm the mommy. Get fucked, mom. <laughs> God. I got a question. Where did she go? 
Does it explain where she even went? I didn't write it down where she went. Where did she go? Did she go to the museum or something? She said the um, college cup group or something. Eh. She was like putting, putting her earrings on and Ladies she night, said got she was it. going out to like a, a college meeting. Or, yeah, Fair enough, fair enough. There are no holes in this. <laughs> I guess not. Jeff tells mom that he saw the mummy come back to life and it looked at him and tried to eat him. Mom tells him that no matter what Kim tells him, mummies don't come back to life. Jeff doesn't look fully convinced, so mom says, I've got some work in the basement, why don't you come with me? Like She's like, don't worry, son. We all die and we're never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's what I learned from this episode. <laughs> she's a scientist. Next, we see Kim and Shauna sneaking towards the basement door to, I, I don't know what they're doing, lock mom and Jeff downstairs? I don't know. Kim talks about the next way that she's going to torture Jeff. And it's gotten to the point now that even Shauna asks Kim why she hates her brother so much. (laughs) Kim says that she doesn't hate him, he's just a wimp, and wimps get what they deserve. Downstairs, Mom is reading the hieroglyphics. She says, Amazing! According to this, this guy was the pharaoh of all Egypt! Mm -hmm. Okay, so fun bit there. Like, Ramses II was, like, the, the biggest... Um, Pharaoh for the longest running united everything he was he was the dude he was sort of like the Queen Elizabeth of his time (laughs) and what's cool I think nerd out a little bit back when this episode aired they thought that his heir was the like 11th son but now we know that there were other sons and he was his heir in real life was like the 13th or 14th so it's kind of cool that this points out that like we're still learning about ancient Egypt. There are still like mysteries from that whole period that people are still discovering and learning about. See, Troy, I thought it was bullshit. So I was just like, okay, <laughs> no. next. <laughs> but no, I like that no. it's real. There's no yeah. one named Ramses ever. <laughs> <laughs> Ramsey's the second, yeah. The only Ramsey's I knew was from Courage the Cowardly Dog, so. And he was named after Ramsey's the second. <laughs> and this was the point where I also realized that mom is a professor or something. Yeah, whatever she is, she knows her shit. Earlier in the episode, she's so, like, confused about it. Like, why are they bringing it here? And now she's got her, like, magnifying glass out and she's reading hieroglyphics. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's reading that shit like a book. She's fluent in hieroglyphics. Jeff asks why all of this is interesting, and Mom explains that this guy was the 12th son of Ramses II, but everyone thought it was the 11th son who became Pharaoh. She says that this changes everything, and Jeff is like, that would make you and Dad famous. Yeah, for stealing a body. Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Then Mom reads more and finds out that according to the esophagus, This mummy killed his brother and became Pharaoh. Jeff is like, are you telling me that this guy is a killer? And mom tries to calm him down by saying, he was a killer, Jeff. He was a killer. I love that that bit. (laughs) It's sort of like, so my first episode was Tale of the Reanimator. 
and, and when they took a, um, a zombie, but they were like, it's not just a regular zombie. He was a bad guy before he became a zombie. It makes all the difference. But Troy, you're right. wrong. Your first episode was a door unlocked. A door unlocked. My second one was, yeah, these. Uh, I've just done too many of these. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they just have to make sure we don't feel bad for him. I think because that's what it uh, is, yeah. we're gonna blend his heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Is that what's gonna happen? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> metaphorically, we, we emotionally blend his heart, right, Brandon? <laughs> yes. Oh man, that sounds like an emo song. <laughs> <laughs> we fade to even later that same night, and Mom is in the living room examining the canopic jar. This? It's gotta be like six in the morning. Right. Yeah, her and dad are doing a podcast. <laughs> like, Jeff went to bed, and yeah. this is hours later. Way <laughs> The phone rings, and Mom goes to answer it, but make sure to bring the canopic jar with her. These people just... Oh, weird, too. <laughs> they love that. It's like, go. priceless old vintage thing she's studying, and she's like, well, I, this has to come to the phone with me. She fucking loves that thing. They're treating it like it's a stuffed teddy bear. <laughs> treating it like it's like a cute little dog that you carry around <laughs> with you in your purse. It's an accessory, it's, Brandon. <laughs> it's dead on the phone, and we see him in front of a green screen of some pyramids. Mom asks him <laughs> why he sent the mummy. Think they didn't fly that actor to Egypt to film? Uh, yeah, they did, and that's why they didn't have the budget for the sarcophagus. <laughs> Mom asks Dad why he sent the mummy to the house, and Dad says he was hoping she could start deciphering the hieroglyphics. They don't have anyone there in Egypt who could do that? No. <laughs> nope, only Mom can. Alright, just FedEx this to my house. Mom will do it in ten seconds. Most, most modern humans living in Egypt don't, don't read Egypt. You know, hieroglyphics. I would think someone going over there looking for mummies would have someone on the team. Yeah, like the dad should be able to. <laughs> you would think so. Like, no, I'm just a digger. Can we just talk about, like, how they hired this guy to play the dad? Because in most cases, they could save some money and just have her talking to a dude on the phone, right? Yeah, it, it could have be even like been, like, the, the same the guy delivery the guy from earlier, Bob. Yeah. But they paid him to sit down in a director's chair in the desert, quote unquote, with a little laptop. <laughs> Why'd they do I this? I love that they did that. But why? Why would they do that? Because you have to believe that dad is like... Do you see this dad's facial hair? Like, he got ready for this position here. Like, I'm jealous of that fucking beard. actor? Probably obsessed over this role. <laughs> he, he, I think everybody did. He was, like, 3 a.m. the night before, he was, like, eating cake. <laughs> yeah. Every like, going over the script over and over episode. and over again. <laughs> and I gotta say, because I'm not going to bring him up again later, like, he has more credits on IMDb than anyone in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad you're not important enough for us to talk about more. Mom continues talking to Dad. Meanwhile, we get a first-person shot of someone shuffling and moaning through the house. Oh, shit. And it's like, it's definitely the same moans from in the basement. Just putting that out there. Dad tells Mom he wants her to check something on the sarcophagus. I think it's like the seal. 
probably. Mm-hmm. Make sure that seal hasn't broken so he's not roaming around and going to kill you all, my my beloved family. <laughs> that I sent this mummy to without yeah. any warning. <laughs> <laughs> the mummy makes their way to Jeff's room and says in a higher pitched voice, Why have you disturbed my sleep? I have come for you. Like Jeff, mummies would. Yeah. Jeff wakes up and goes, huh? And then Shauna runs in and snaps a picture. Kim is dressed head to toe in very elaborate mummy wraps and makeup. Mm-hmm. All right. This, this is a problem. This bugs me really bad. Why is that? Jeff went to sleep. Yep. He's interrupted, jumps out of bed, and he's wearing like a, a regular t-shirt you would wear. Full-on pants and slippers. You're telling me this kid, this kid is sleeping in like his his jeans and slippers. His Sunday best, yeah. Yeah. He crashed because that? it's so fucking late. I, I guess he's like, I gotta be up in like an hour and do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Kim spent those last like six hours getting dressed in this mummy get up for this prank that doesn't even really, like, pay off because Jeff just wakes up and he's like, huh? He's not, like, screaming, so she doesn't get the reaction she's looking for. They didn't know a mummy was coming, so yeah, this (laughs) costume is completely impromptu. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, you should be careful about sneaking into your like, 13-year-old brother's room and taking pictures of him at night. (laughs) (laughs) You, you don't know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's another thing to consider. Kim doesn't give a shit. Jeff gets really fucking angry, and he very weakly tackles Kim to the floor, and just kind of flings his arms around while she just laughs. Mom comes upstairs now and demands to know what's the hubba. Kim's excuse <laughs> is essentially that it was hilarious, and Mom sends them all to bed. Then Mom hears more moans and sees another mummy climbing the stairs, and she screams. Jeff comes out and says, Nice try, Kim. That looks so fake. And he charges right up to the mummy, and then Kim comes out in her only slightly lower budget mummy costume. <laughs> he was convinced that Kim was real, and then he sees like this, this actual legitimately... Nice mummy costume. <laughs> That's gotta be my my big sister. Yeah, it's very three. She stages. made two costumes tonight. <laughs> Mom goes, "That ain't Kim," and Jeff gets his usual scared expression. The mummy spits out some more dust and reaches out for Jeff, who it looks like pisses himself, but they don't quite show his legs. <laughs> He avoids the mummy pretty easily because the mummy is dead and slow. And the family runs past the mummy downstairs. While the mom sort of protects the, the girls. <laughs> She's yeah. like the weakest She kind of like mom. hides behind with the girls and is just like, Jeff, come here. Jeff, Jeff, come here. <laughs> Instead of like, go protect him. No, <laughs> like, she doesn't actively like no. protect her kids really no. at all. She's the worst. The mummy manages to grab a hold of Kim's mummy wraps, and then the mummy and Jeff play tug-of-war for Kim's life. (laughs) The mummy's arm comes off, so Jeff and Kim fall down the stairs. That was pretty good. 
It's got like a bone jutting out of it and everything. It's good. Reunited on the ground, the girls all huddle up for safety, and Jeff springs into action and runs off into the kitchen, where he finds the canopic jar. The mummy makes his way to the bottom of the stairs and snaps his arm back into place. Yeah, it clicks like a Lego. I love it. It's like a connect. This actually. whole bit at the end is like scarier and more realistic than Goosebumps usually gets. Yeah, I love like I liked it quite a bit. This like third act when the mummy actually comes and attacks them. I re- I I agree. Um, I think it's you know like when the mummy's in the basement and it like you know sits up and like turns around and looks at Jeff while he's at the door. I think that's like iconic. You know, I'm surprised more people don't talk about that. Just that quick scene from Goosebumps. I think it was done so well. And then, you know, all of this. <laughs> no, no, it feels more like like a horror movie at this mm-hmm. point. Like a kid, like a Hocus Pocus style like horror movie for kids. But it still is. You know, I, th- I think it's all comes down to the mummy actually looking cool. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't skimp on it, I think. If it was just somebody wrapped up in toilet paper looking, then it wouldn't really work at all. I'm even impressed with Kim's costume. Yeah. If the mummy looked like Kim, I'd be like, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's still Same. good. She put a lot of time into that. Jeff appears with the jar and says, I have the mummy dust. You are in my power. No, and Jeff, mom yells, no. no, Jeff, you don't know what you're doing. He wants his heart that's in the jar. Your dad found an inscription in the mummy's tomb that says if he gets his heart, he'll demummify. And and I think like just just let him. Yeah, I think he'd probably be easier like, to let kill. him be a let him be a mortal person and then just uh, no, but he's a killer. Yeah, but like he's a killer now, but he's also a mortal. So yeah, but there's no statute of limitations. Four thousand years ago, he killed his brother. <laughs> I think that these four people could overpower a single person, right? Mm, I mean, they do. Power the mummy. I, I mean, I guess, okay. In the next scene, though, they just kind of let Jeff do everything. So that maybe they couldn't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's four of us. Let's let the 13-year-old boy <laughs> deal with the mummy on his own. But we sort of watch and cheer him on. <laughs> I do just love this part where mom's just like, whoa, 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 Jeff. Let me give you a lore dump real quick. <laughs> Let me tell you how wrong you are. Mom says to throw the jar to her, but Jeff doesn't want to put her in danger. So he jukes the mummy and runs away. To no effect, though, because he is somehow cornered by the incredibly slow mummy just seconds later. The mummy is so powerful that it straight up smacks the top off a chair, though. (laughs) Did you guys see that? That was pretty great. I love that. He's been lying down for 4,000 years. He don't care about chairs. <laughs> chairs. He hates chairs as, as much as Jeff hates olives. <laughs> this should have been like an odd couple. <laughs> they should have reunited in the things they hate. <laughs> then the mummy also practically smacks the jar out of Jeff's hands. Jeff throws the jar and it smashes and the mummy's still beating heart lands in the sink. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeff gets an idea and lunges for the garbage disposal. The mummy, recognizing what a garbage disposal is, does everything <laughs> to stop him. A quick question. Yeah. I guess... Well, there's lots of questions. 
we we didn't see the disposal earlier, did we? Not that I can think of. No, never came <laughs> up. Usually, in, I can think of horror movies and shows where disposals are are a thing, and they always are like introduced. Yeah, we had that in uh, what Tale is that of the chameleons? One Tale of the chameleons. Yeah. Yep. And yep. kind of going back to Final Destination, isn't there a pretty tense scene with a garbage disposal in that? I feel like there is, yeah. I don't remember which yeah. one's, one it's in. I think it might be two. I don't remember, though. I know one of the Halloween, uh, like Halloween 7, that, that's like uh, somebody gets a, their arm shoved in there. But you always introduce the disposal, even though it's like a common enough household item. Okay, I know I'm cutting ahead here. More of the story, garbage disposals are really the scariest thing. You think about it. <laughs> I mean, they are. They are. I don't have one because I'm scared. <laughs> uh, this one's particularly scary because there's a green light emanating from it. <laughs> oh yeah, that just came with the house. <laughs> I would, I would move <laughs> if there was a green light shooting out from my disposal. It's the world's most powerful garbage disposal, too. It's a good ad for that garbage disposal. <laughs> The mummy picks Jeff up and pulls him away from the switch, but Jeff manages to flip the switch with his foot, and the heart gets sucked into the garbage disposal and shreds it into a fine paste. Gross. That is a nice scene. They didn't try to, like, overdo it. You know, some shows have been like, oh, this, let's do a CGI oh, yeah. explosion or something. <laughs> they just did sort of, like, real effects, make him crumble. Sometimes less is more. That's that's a good example of that. The mummy clutches his chest and then starts to disintegrate into bone and wraps and ash. It looks great. It Yeah, it looks fantastic. Shauna takes a look at it and says... Now that's what I call mummy dust. Shut up, Shauna. <laughs> Why were you here, Shauna? <laughs> She's not in the original story, I'll just say that. She's a Rick Drew creation. I like Shauna. I don't know why I'm talking so much crap about her. She doesn't do anything, but I like her. She doesn't do anything. <laughs> doesn't look like an esophagus. <laughs> we need somebody for the characters to explain things to. <laughs> yes, because these kids know all about Egypt because their parents never shut up about it. Shauna is all of us. The next morning, the family is sitting down to a nice breakfast of Corn Dream cereal. <laughs> that is the best cereal. <laughs> Although, to be fair, when when you guys woke me up at 6.30 to come and do this podcast, I was dreaming of corn. Ah, uh, you knew. <laughs> what happens when you watch this episode right before going to bed, Troy? Yeah. I love it. Man, do you guys think their house just, like, stinks right now because it's all mummy dust everywhere? Oh, it's got to be foul. <laughs> yeah. Good lord. And the olives, too. Ugh. <laughs> just makes it worse. Jeff says, I still don't know why Dad sent that mummy. Didn't he know that there was a curse? He's trying to kill his family. <laughs> the mom crime. was like, of course he did. He just didn't care. <laughs> doesn't love you kids <laughs> why he's been away for years haven't you <laughs> the clues they're adding up. he's not your real dad it's the delivery man george <laughs> mom continues i don't know how the mummy came back though according to the legend 
he could only be revived if someone opened the sarcophagus and broke the seal. Kim gives a look like, oh shit, but mom doesn't bring it up again. Jeff says, one good thing came out of this. I'm not going to be scared of anything as long as I live. His last words. <laughs> mm-hmm. A cat starts meowing from off camera, and mom says, there's the neighbor's cat again. I wish they'd keep it inside. Jeff says, it's probably just hungry. I'll go feed it. Jeff opens the back door, and sitting on the porch is the mummy cat from before, sitting up with glowing green eyes. I loved it. <laughs> Pretty great. Is the coolest little cat puppet. It hisses and jumps at Jeff, and we fade to black. That's it. That's the end. Jeff's dead. <laughs> oh, golly, they're all dead. The cat killed cat them all. You think you think the cat killed them all? The like mummy oh, yeah. man couldn't do anything, but yeah. And then three years later, Dad comes home and sees their mummified corpses, and he's like, "Excellent, <laughs> works every time." <laughs> the cat's just sitting there laughing up those corn dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's my corn dream, yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of the corn dream, you hug Arl Stein. He puts me on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> as cheesy as it is, though, like the cat thing makes sense, too, with Egyptology. Cats were the, um, like, revered deities. And you really would have had um, some cats mummified with their masters. It's all just, it's so authentic, this episode. <laughs> it is. I was, I was shocked that it was, how, how much real history went into it. Even like, you know, feature length films, the big studios make up shit mm-hmm. and everything's like wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, Goosebumps did it, they're pretty good. Moral of the story, <laughs> get all of your history facts from Goosebumps. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it checks out, you guys. <laughs> So now is the time where we can finally look up the credits of these actors. Yay. So all I hope that I recognize some of them. <laughs> we're going to start with Jeff, first of all, who is played Kyle by... Kyle Broflovsky. <laughs> Kyle Bof- Broflovsky. And uh, he's in one thing, South Park. Weird. Um <laughs> So the actor's name is Evan Morgan, and Evan, as an actor, uh, has barely done anything. He did this Goosebumps episode and then a couple of shorts, like, way later. Mm -hmm. But, as a writer-director, he just came out with the movie The Kid Detective a couple of years ago, which I've actually heard pretty good things about. It's, uh... It's like a noir movie starring Adam Brody. Oh. From the OC. Yeah. And it's got like an 85% or something on Rotten Tomatoes, and it sounds like it's pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Dude wrote and directed that. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, he directed some music videos and things like that. Next. Uh, That's that's him. (laughs) Next, we have Kim, who's played by A.J. Cook, and, uh... I think think she might have been in an episode or two of Criminal Minds. 300 of them. <laughs> yeah, 302 episodes. God damn. It's coming back. Is she going to be back in it? Oh, yeah. 
So is this this is like an Are You Afraid of the Dark uh, situation from season five to six, where they're like, well, let's just bring it back. Well, it shouldn't have been can- okay. Tangent, sorry, but Go I'm it. I'm upset yeah. that it was canceled in the first place. <laughs> it was one of those situations where like a network executive got a new job and was like, oh, let's change shows because ah. the show was popular, had a following, was kind of cheap. Like none of them are, you know. How much are you really paying AJ Cook per episode? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's the criminal minds chick. <laughs> and so um, they canceled it, but like without any proper finale or anything. Oh, and, but it's announced that, that they, they are bringing it back. And they're doing the one thing that I wish that they did originally. Like, the only problem I had with criminal minds was there's not like 300 serial killers in America. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a shame, but. Yeah. No. No, there's like officially like 200. Yeah. Says the guy that moved out of America. Right. One so, serial killer. So they're doing the thing where like the whole season is going to be one case. Oh, okay. So what did they do? Like anthology serial killers? Every single episode was a different killer? Yeah. Yeah. Except Procedural for serial killers. They would occasionally do two parters and those were like the best episodes because they spent more time with them. Hmm. So they're I, doing okay. the new season is going to be like six or ten episodes. And it's going to just be like one one serial killer. So I've never That's seen the show. Is it based on real events or are they made up serial killers? Yes. Just both? Okay. Yeah. There's 302 <laughs> episodes. Some of them are based on events. Okay. They've done it all. It, very loosely or, you know. But they're doing more. Okay. All right. And of course, Final Destination 2 is one of the best horror movies ever. And she was really good in that, too. Was she the main girl in it? Yeah, she's the star right. of that movie. More importantly, though, A.J. Cook was in two episodes of Psy Factor, Chronicles of the Paranormal, <laughs> which I think she's probably most known for. <laughs> right. That's probably the, the top of her uh, resume. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she got into Final Destination. So next we have Shauna, who's played by Leah Helen Weir. And did you guys recognize her? Oh, yeah. I did. I did. I couldn't not recognize her. Yeah, so she played Stacy in the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, The Tale of Apartment 214. That's, I mean, that's one of the most classic episodes, I think. Episode that I hated as a kid and love as an, love as an adult. Yeah. It made me sad as a kid. I thought it was I, boring. I'm, I'm sad when old people are sad. <laughs> So, How dare you have a heart? I know. We're going to be blending that later, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only someone would blend it. <laughs> um, her, I don't know if we talked about her before, but her IMDb credits are uh, pretty lean. After this episode of Goosebumps, she was only in one other thing, an episode of a TV show called Twice in a Lifetime. But before that, it's, uh, you know, an episode of a show here and there. And 39 episodes of Babar, where she voiced <laughs> Flora. But, yeah, that's it. Babar. I always turn that show off when it came on. Last, we have Jeff's mom, played by Fiona Reed. And uh, it looks like she was in quite a bit of stuff. Uh, none of it that I've heard of. Yeah, same. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. There was one thing, I think. Yeah, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the Toronto show she was in. She played McGonagall in it. 
Yeah, I didn't catch that one in Toronto, but I'm sure she yeah, did me great. Either. Damn. She was in both my big fat Greek weddings. She's a good example of sometimes when you go on somebody's IMDb page for actors, you're like, oh, they don't do anything. It's like, oh, but they do like Broadway or mm-hmm. Canada's version of Broadway. Some some of these people are just are more theatrical actors. And I wish that IMDb So they're somehow... not real actors is what you're saying. <laughs> right, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish IMDb, I know, could somehow include that more. There is an internet like Broadway database, but that's only, you know, like Broadway and American stuff. Well, I think Cortland pretty much by himself already covered the morals of this episode. Does anyone does anyone have anything else to say about that? The real moral of the story, don't order olive pizza from wherever the fuck they got their pizza from. Unless you like olive pizza. Or at all, but yeah. <laughs> Especially that place. Wouldn't you order olive pizza and it would come with black olives, though? Isn't that more traditional? Oh, yeah. Oh, whatever, this place sucks. I don't know what those <laughs> no, it's, are. That, that's a great place, because whatever you order, they give you fistfuls of it. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope that it applies to everything and not just olives. Any jalapenos, and it's just bam. It's the the crust is actually just jalapeno slices. It folded into a pizza crust. Yeah, that kind of sounds pretty good, though. <laughs> is there a pizza episode of Goosebumps? I'm gonna say statistically, probably yes. Okay, good. <laughs> There's at least a book about it. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode, "Don't Wake Mummy." I mean, that's clearly a play on "Don't Wake Daddy." Don't the board game, right? Mommy. Yeah, which doesn't fit the episode at all. No, it doesn't. I mean, you shouldn't wake the mummy, but it doesn't, yeah, it's not really a, a great title. So what do you think would be a better title? Give the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to see that on the cover of a Goosebumps <laughs> book. <laughs> Just a picture of Kim. Dressed up like a mummy or whatever, and it just says, Kim's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That'll sell like hotcakes. What about, oops, all olives? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that really encapsulates this story. The whole whole story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Will it blend? Mummy edition. (laughs) The answer is yes. Everything blends. Under wraps. Uh, you get sued for that one, though. Oh, no, this came before Under Wraps, didn't it? it probably, yeah. 96, 97. There we go. Under Wraps. Anything I can think of is like generic, you know, Curse of the Mummy. Oh, ours are too. It's fine. We just steal other Goosebumps titles. And yeah, My Mummiest Adventure. <laughs> Night of the Living Mummy. <laughs> Curse of the Guardian's Tomb. Those, those are all great. <laughs> Oh, I think that's it for this episode of Goosebumps. Cortland, would you like to know what's next? Yeah, I do. I need to know. Well, it's called The Blob That Ate Everyone. Well, that's dumb, because we already had Monster Blood 2, more Monster Blood, where it was a blob that ate everyone. So we just get another blob episode? (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Okay, well, let me find the cover here. Yeah, uh, this might have been one of the later Goosebumps books because I don't remember this cover at all. That cover is nasty. It's like Gene Simmons. 
Yeah. Okay. So I got the cover pulled up here. It's yep. kind of like color wise. It's like, I don't know. I don't even know what colors these are. Like, a Troy, can you help me out here? <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm looking at the same thing. This is the like teak, teal, bluish thing with this. Like pinky. the darkish blue? Yeah, with like a pinkish thumb looking thing with two eyes and a Gene Simmons tongue. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. It's got like a bunch of motorcycles and trash, like just garbage. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's eating literally everything. Motorcycles, like refrigerators, I think, bicycles. I don't know. Everything on the block. So this is a picture. uh, It's this thumb looking veiny giant blob, I guess. A veiny thumb. (laughs) Yeah. Like if you like flayed all the flesh off of your thumb, it would look like this. And uh, it's eating everything. It's like Michael Myers' dick or something. Yeah, it's fucking gross. Yeah. <laughs> and the tagline says, he's no picky eater. Okay. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, this is going to be a story about a fucking blob that eats everything. I don't know what else. Th- everything and think... everyone, I guess. So you think some blob just shows up and just starts eating things and they're like, yep, that's what that is. And then the episode ends? Yeah. Yep. Pretty simple. It's going to be Monster Blood 2, except instead of being on a plane, it's going to be on the ground. I wonder if that being in the street is important. Probably not. (laughs) What if I told you, Cortland, that this episode had more in common with the tale of the dream machine? Um, Okay. Really? So some kid gets a magic typewriter and... Write stories about all of his friends getting eaten by a blob. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying yes, and I'm not saying no. But I am especially not saying no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I think I (laughs) I I know exactly what's going to happen then. (laughs) And in the end, he's going to be like, oh no, it ain't the typewriter, I'm just going to wish it away, or some bullshit. (laughs) I do hate stories... I know. That's why we have you on the show, Troy. <laughs> I hate everything. You're just like PD from Welcome to Dead House. <laughs> My brain just paused for a second. Sorry. I hate stories where there's like wishes involved and it's just like, I wish it didn't happen. Oh, I know what you mean. Like Shrek 4, right? Where everything doesn't matter. Whoa, whoa. Spoilers. Yeah, whoa, oh, shut up. Some of us haven't seen Shrek, <laughs> 4, seen Shrek 4, you asshole. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Had enough of you two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think it'll be an exciting episode, or at least well, it'll be on. an episode, right? <laughs> I'm going to check what this one has on IMDb. Be I'll be interested to find out. Um, okay, so this episode. The Blob That Ate Everyone has a 7.2 out of 10. Wow, that's not better than all of Season 6 and 7 of Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> yeah, and considering that this episode, Don't Wake Mummy, only has a 7.4, hmm. you know, maybe it's not too bad. So do you remember this episode? Like A little bit. Alright. Fair enough. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be fun. But that's it for this week. Troy, thank you for once again... Mm-hmm. Joining us on this podcast. It's been my uh, utmost pleasure. Uh, oh, can I plug something? Yes, I would love for you to plug something. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, so you know I've been doing some, some fan art. Yeah. Um, I was 
contacted to do the cover for a uh, a new podcast. Nice. Which really? podcast is it? Well, it's is called. It Steins? Well, it's, <laughs> it's sort of like your guys's because it talks about you know like horror horror shows and stuff. Um, it's called A Lonely Gay Boy and His Co-Host Discuss Horror Movies and Not the Good Ones. That's that. the whole title? That's the title, yeah. <laughs> Wait a second, Troy. Yeah. I'm going to cut this out. That's your podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's live now, but I'm acting like uh, I'm... I'm Okay, so, I, you know, it's supposed to be like characters are doing it, but I need to plug it somehow. Oh. So. Okay. So I'm keeping it. Oh shit! You did put out three episodes. Yeah, it just came out. I did listen to your first to episode for it, and I I really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to listening to some more. Yeah, I've got um quite a few other ones coming out. It's hard to do. <laughs> because, well, you do all of it though. I mean, right, like, and I and I've totally aped your podcast when I do it. <laughs> that it's supposed to be like two two people talking about a show. And um, so I just use your format, but I have to like write the whole thing and play both people and then edit it afterwards. That's a lot of work. Well, I'm happy to check out your show. Then that's a lonely gay boy and his co-host discuss horror movies and not the good ones. Oh yeah. When I put it up on one of those sites I put it up on was like warning. Your title's a little long. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, is it? I hadn't realized. You were like, shut up, robots. I know what I'm doing. You know, it's it's trying to be like a satire on podcasts, but still be entertaining. Everything you do is great, Troy, so it's going to be amazing. Oh, shucks. Thanks. Yeah, I figured since I'm on a podcast, I should plug it. (laughs) (laughs) It would be nice if somebody knew about it. We got you back. All right. Well, I'm excited to have you back on again for your fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth time in the next uh, 10 years when we're finally done with season two of Goosebumps. Oh my god, I'm so so I assume that you guys are like sister projects with Saturday Night Live and that when I join your fifth five-timers club oh. I'll be in their oh, yeah. five-timers club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get right the jacket and yeah, I'm going to get the jacket and hang out with Tina Fey and Martin Short. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week. I have been up all night. Thank you for joining us again, Troy. Yeah, thanks, I'll... Troy. We'll be back next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.